You know how they have the... Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why they do it in movies, which I only learned. Ethan only taught me that recently, but... Yeah. Because the, the cameras get audio. But then the better audio is through the microphones, so then we make, we can actually just sync them up. That's why, you, and the clap is like this big peak in the audio. That's why you do it. That's why I'm always clapping, guys. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Giving himself yes. a clap. Yes. 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 Well, welcome everyone to Soul Revival Digital on a Sunday and you know what, we don't stop and we can't stop because we're all out on your internets, all over your Facebook, all over your YouTube and the podcast as well and we are here for the Sunday gathering as I said and I'm very glad to be joined by some lovely people from our Sunday gatherings. We have Lyndall Tate on my left and Lisa Fox on my right. Uh, joining me from the Fox Den, Lisa, how are you today? I am feeling fabulous. Have you been locked into the Fox Den? I have been, and uh, all of us, so all five of us, have been locked into the Fox Den. And has, is it exciting to be back in locked into the Fox Den or not? Mm, let's go with exciting. Um, <laughs> Aurelia's been studying for trials. Um, oh, that must be hard. Mm, Matilda's on uni holidays, which hasn't quite been what she had planned. Yes. And uh, and Riley's doing uni online. Okay. So and Hayden's working in the office next door to me. Oh. It's all fabulous. He's trying to get out occasionally for a bit of exercise on the golf course, <laughs> trying to factor that into his week as much as he can. Excellent. Uh, I've always found that uh, golf is a good way to spoil a long walk. So I have heard that many times. Mm. Uh, Does he usually spoil his walk or is he a good player? Um, well, I probably share a similar view to you. Um, so, But I am told that Hayden really enjoys it. At least that's what he's got to say when he gets home, having spent a whole day on the golf course. He's always got to tell me that it was fabulous, even if it wasn't. Okay. Well, that's good, yeah, because then you'll let him go again. Exactly. That's right. That's right. Um, so I keep hearing about the breakfast on Sunday mornings. I have not experienced myself. I believe that you are uh, very responsible for that, <laughs> leading, well, the, leading the team. Well, I think, I think that's the thing about breakfast on a Sunday morning. It's about leading a team. Yep. Um, it is a massive team effort and we've got lots of people involved. Um, so you're welcome anytime <laughs> to come and join us. Um, I think that that is the thing. We try on a Sunday morning the best we can to treat breakfast as a way to love people. And um, it's been a real, really great opportunity, actually, for lots of people to serve. We've got lots of little jobs that people are able to join in and be part of the team um, and a great way for people to get to know each other. Um, Probably much of our breakfast menu items have come down. I'm typically somebody who says I don't like change and so I normally say no to things. So Trudy comes up with many of our ideas and my initial reaction is no, that won't work and then I go away and think about it and go, yeah, maybe we can do that. So uh, it's definitely a team effort. What's your favourite thing that likes to be – what do you reckon is the most popular thing that gets served? Um, Well, I think most people on Sunday morning actually enjoy Hayden's coffee and hot chocolate. I think that's what the kids (laughs) would tell you. Um, But in terms of food, I think it's probably pancakes. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah. Very nice. Well, thank you very much for your service and leading that team and making sure it's a lovely experience on Sunday morning. Thank you very much. Uh, Guys, we're also um, partnering with our Aboriginal brothers and sisters as part of NADOC Week and part of our longstanding relationship that we've had with those Aboriginal communities out in uh, Western New South Wales and also Northern New South Wales. Um, We've got the amazing part of that friendship and the relationship that we have with those guys is the friendship visits that we go on. And Lyndall, 
over Easter, you and Paul led a team up to Bawarana as part of that friendship visa visit for the River Convention. We did. I would actually mm. love to hear your highlights and experiences that time. Would you be able to share that with us? Sure. Uh, for me, I think I was cautious about uh, going that far. I actually hadn't been that far Long west. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm kind of a city person. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, I just, uh, I guess, uh, I was looking forward to it, but a little bit uh, uh, apprehensive as well. And uh, I think I just was so impacted by uh, the people that uh, we spent time with. Uh, for me, it, it felt um, kind of, I guess our accommodation wasn't really worked out. We didn't really know if we'd be camping or, or where we'd, we'd be. Um and when we got there and we were just so uh, hospitably taken care of and uh, met people who had travelled from the Northern Territory, uh, had travelled, you know, two, three days to be there, just that uh, their thirst for fellowship, I think I was really impacted by. Um, and, yeah, hearing um, Isaac Gordon and uh, just speaking about his longing for heaven uh, and knowing how uh, much uh, they deal without, how much suffering uh, they deal with in people's lives, and how uh, lovingly they walk alongside people, I was really, um, I think, changed by that experience. That's cool. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. you um, you said it was a long trip out there. Uh, is it ten hours? Is that how long the drive is? Yeah. What was? It, what's yeah. your go-to uh, boredom killer in um, when you're on a long drive? What do you like to do? Uh, so if I'm not driving, yes, um, <laughs> I, which I don't, I don't, I don't really like country drives. I prefer driving in the city. So I, I'm normally a passenger, and I was uh, reading, actually read. because uh, yeah. I feel like you can read on a straight road, but if, yes. it's a, if there's any corners, if it's or too winding, stoppy, study, it, it makes you feel sick. Get car sick, yep. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I really liked. Um, I really enjoyed just, yeah, reading and looking out. Looking out the window. What's uh, it's, you usually, are you nice. a fiction reader or a non-fiction reader? Um, I'm a non-fiction reader Ooh. mainly. What was the yeah. book on, on the car trip? Or did you have multiple books going? Oh, I had, yeah, I, ha I had a collection. Oh, yeah. Give us one, <laughs> give us one title. What was one title, do you know? Um, oh, it's kind of, uh, no, I can't even give you, I, I kind of, I read, must be a I read title. articles. <laughs> no, I, I kind of. Yeah. There's just lots of articles. Lot of, and stuff. I read, yeah. yeah I'm cool. a bit nerdy. Yeah. So <laughs> you're not nerdy. You just, just, just like so reading. That's fine. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for sharing that. Um, guys, we're just about to switch over to some videos from our other Aboriginal friends. So keep an eye out for those. Here they go. Hello. Michael Duck is my name. I'm a, I'm a Dungaddy man from the north coast of New South Wales. I'm also a, an Aboriginal pastor of our church, MacArthur Indigenous Church. And if you're an artist from the church, we come together just to do a painting. Uh, this theme for this year for NAIDOC is Healing Country. And uh, our little painting is a way we've tried to express how healing can come to all people. And you'll see a few of our artists sharing some of the meanings of the symbols on this artwork. Thank you.
Well, this red colour here represents the bloodshed of all the, all the massacres of, of Aboriginal people all over Australia. Right here you'll see the cross, the symbol of the cross is made up of boomerangs. The reason why is that our boomerangs were the source of our, our food, our provisions, our protection for our families. And likewise, when I see the message of Jesus Christ and his death and resurrection, uh, I see that um, he's our source of provision, protection, our healing. And you'll notice that uh, I've got blood spatter of paint red there, reminding us that uh, Jesus was nailed to the cross. And so there was a, through his blood comes our healing and our hope, all wrapped up in, in, in what he completed uh, on the cross. Um, so as we can see, uh, the white dots around the whole map, um, they represent um, God's grace among our people um, through all generations. On the painting you'll see uh, my son and my daughter's handprint to remind us that the story of the, the massacres and the bloodshed of our people has to be passed on to our, our children, the next generation. And along with that comes the message of the hope we have in Christ Jesus for all peoples. So it's a past and a future hope in Christ. On the painting, you'll see words uh, surrounding the artwork. And, and that's because when it comes to the healing country with the theme, uh, God revealed to us a passage in the Bible in Second Chronicles that really talks about the healing of the heart and healing of the land. And um, it says this, that if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, and I'll seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, uh, then will I hear from heaven, and I will um, forgive their sin, and I'll heal their land. So we've tried just to paint that image uh, from our hearts to yours, to say that um, when there's difficult things in life, God still brings healing to the heart. So, and we see here that um, the dots that go to the, the corners. It's to remind us that the gospel message of Jesus Christ, the hope we have in him, must be shared to all four corners of the world, to all people, groups of all nations, so they too might have hope, healing, and healing of their world. This we trust. Welcome back, guys, to the panel, and I am now very uh, excitingly joined by our children's pastor, Tim Bilharts. How are you, Tim? I'm doing very well, thanks, Joel. Excellent, and also, Me! you guessed it, yes, it's Lionel. <laughs> How are you? Good, Joel. How are you? Good, thank you. Now, do you have a last name, Lionel? Lionel, Lionel. Lionel, Lionel. <laughs> Is that right? Very creative parents. Very. What about middle name? Lionel. Lionel. Lionel squared. Cubed. Lionel's cubed. Come on, Joel. Sorry, my maths isn't as good as yours. Okay. Yep. You're much smarter than me. <laughs> Not really, but... Hi! Anyway, what are you doing here? Um... I don't want to talk about it. Well, then why did you come on? You said I had to. We did. Well, because there's so many people wanted you back, Lionel. Last weekend, everyone loved you. 
Hi, everybody. Oh, how, by the way, you said on the rock quiz that uh, you're on Dancing with the Stars now. How that's going? How is that going? Lockdown. Really? So you just dance at home? Always. Always dancing. <laughs> now, uh, Tim, did you have uh, something to chat to Lionel about? Because these are what we asked him to come on. Well, yeah, Lionel, I was just um, a little bit worried about you, actually. Earlier, we were um, just chatting before we came online, that, and you didn't quite seem yourself. I don't want to talk about it. Uh, what don't you want to talk about? Well, I did something. Oh. oh. Uh, I mean, that sounds kind of serious. What, what did you do? I, I, I gave my mum a present. I mean, that sounds like a really lovely thing to do, Lionel. Mm. Yeah, I thought so too. Yeah. Did and your mum appreciate your present? No. Oh, well, why was that? I gave her things that I like. Things that you like? Yes. Like what? Snails! <laughs> in a box. Snails in a box. And lizards! Okay, all right. And, uh, and you, your mum didn't appreciate those presents? No. Oh, okay. Uh, what sort of things does your mum like? Um, coffee! Okay, yeah, I, I can see Sleep. that. Sleep! Yes. Silence! <laughs> uh, yeah, I can agree with all those things. I think that's, they sound great things to, uh, to give a parent. Not um, snails. Not snails, though. Okay, all right. And so how did your mum react to your present? Ah! Get this out of the house! Right, okay. Uh, something like that. Something like that. Why did you give your mum those kind of things as a present? Because I like them. Okay, well, I mean, that sounds, that sounds good. Okay. Uh, but uh, not something you share with your mum? Not now. Right. Yeah, no, she's chucked them out of the house. Um, how are you feeling about that, though? You're so, it's making you feel a bit sad? Yeah. Why is that? Because I was trying to do a good thing and it was a bad thing. Uh, it was a bad thing, right. Bad thing. Yeah, okay. Have you talked to your mum about that now? Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and how did that conversation go? I said, I'm really sorry. Okay, that's really good. It's great to be able to say sorry when you've done something wrong, whether it was intentional or unintentional. Uh, when we do say sorry, it's really helpful. Actually, Lionel, what uh, we're going to be chatting about in our sermon today and our Bible reading is from Psalm 32. Oh, I should listen. You should listen because... But I, I don't have any ears. No, you do pretty fine listening to us. I'm not sure how that works, the anatomy of a, uh, of a puppet. But Me either. Yeah, yeah it's an interesting one. But as you listen with whatever anatomy that happens with, um, you'll be listening out in Psalm 32 for uh, when we say sorry. Actually, 30, Psalm 32 is a really uh, wonderful, happy psalm because it tells us that when we say sorry, when we confess the things that we've done wrong, whether uh, intentional or unintentional, that actually uh, we can know that God forgives us. And it's like our whole burden has come off our shoulders, that we feel a lot better when we have said sorry, when we're not trying to hide the things that we've done wrong anymore. It's good to get a bird off your shoulder. Uh, no, a burden. Oh. Not, yeah, like a heavy weight. Ah. Yeah, but not a real weight. Uh, it's, it's using picture language to make that point. I see. Mm, you do. Yes. With those eyes. Another part of your strange anatomy. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, we're going to uh, hear from that passage soon, Joel. Is that correct? That's correct. We are going to hear from him right now, guys. So thank you, Lionel. Thank you, Tim. Thank you. Thank you. We'll, we'll hear about the snails later. Yum. I mean, yes. <laughs> uh, the reading today is from Psalms, or more accurately, from my living room, and I'm reading from Psalms. Just a little joke for you. Uh, it's Psalm 32, uh, and I'll be reading from the ESV version. Uh, if that's something that uh, interests you. So it's Psalm 32, the whole thing, uh, all 11 verses. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity and whose spirit there is no deceit. For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. I acknowledged my sin to you, and, and I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Therefore, let everyone who is godly offer prayer to you at a time when you may be found. Surely in the rush of great waters they shall not reach him. You are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with shouts of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Be not like a horse or a mule without understanding, which must be curbed with bit and bridle, or it will not stay near you. Many are the sorrows of the wicked, but steadfast love surrounds the one who trusts in the Lord. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. Well, I'm joined here again by Lyndall, of course, and her husband, Paul, who will be <laughs> preaching for us today. Um, we have just finished uh, a couple of talks in Jonah as we had to move things around with week away and all that kind of thing. We're actually into a gap week now, Paul, but this week you're going to preach from Psalm 32. Can you tell us why you chose that particular chapter of Psalms? Yeah, um, I, starting out in ministry and doing Bible talks and that sort of thing, uh, it was always helpful to actually have a bit of a, a, a core set of, of, of talks and, and also uh, some talks out of the Psalms um, being such a popular part of God's Word. And Psalm 32 is just one of those just purple passages. Uh, there's, this, there's great chapters within Psalms and, and that pick up some really big ideas, um, especially about our relationship with God and how we can be in relationship with Him. And so Psalm 32 is just a wonderful, um, joyful psalm about forgiveness um, and the, the great blessing of being able to be in, in, in relationship with God regardless of what we've done um, and a real encouragement to be honest and open before him. So it's just a, it's just a lovely part of God's word. Yeah, cool. I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say for us. Mm. But I do have a question. I want to get behind the scenes here, uh, Lindor. You've uh, how long have you guys been married? Can you tell us? I think twenty-seven years. Nice. That's good. Work. Good work, guys. By the way, <laughs> before we get into that. But Thanks does to God. Does, how? Yeah. <laughs> how hard does he work on the sermon preparation? Is he a hard worker or not really? Um, actually, he is a like really um, intentional hard worker on his talks. I should uh, make that clear. It was a joke. I know. Sure. I know. I know. I know. I know. But but. Um, and, inter- and, and what's really interesting um, 
um, and probably where we're very different from each other <clears throat> is that I talk a lot about um, what I'm thinking in order to have the thoughts and to construct the thinking about something. Um, whereas Paul tends to be pretty silent <laughs> <clears throat> until... So earlier in our marriage, I would be kind of a little bit worried going into a, a situation where he was going to give a sermon because I, I would be thinking he hasn't, like, he hasn't said anything about it. Um, and then he would deliver this like really wonderful sermon. And I think, where did that come from? <laughs> because we haven't even had a conversation about it. Yeah. So um, I'm generally really keen to talk about the sermon mid-prep. But Paul likes to He's be not. pretty like quiet and <laughs> in, in his cave in order to, um, to prepare it. So I, I look forward to hearing it with with everyone else. I don't really get a preview. <laughs> <laughs> we did today, so that was cool. But um, let's let you jump into it and um, looking forward to hearing it. So take it away, Paul. Thank you. Thank you, yeah. Well, Psalm 32, a lovely part of God's word. But before we do that, why don't I uh, share with you a little story about a guy called Frank Warren. Um, back in 2004, uh, he had a bit of a half-baked idea. He actually admits that he didn't really know what he was doing when he decided to print 3,000 blank postcards and then go wander the sidewalks of Washington, D.C., asking for secrets. His request was simple but scary. Take a postcard and in a few words write out your secret, then stamp and mail the postcard back to him. Totally anonymous, yet deeply personal, and revealing. Slowly, uh, a trickle of cards came back to him. He scanned and uploaded them to a website that he created, and slowly but surely it started getting views. And as word spread, the trickle um, of cards posted back became hundreds, then thousands, then hundreds of thousands. Over the last 15 years, Frank Warren has received over a million secrets. Many of them are just innocuous and funny. Some, though, are profound, some disturbing, and some heartbreaking. Begs the question, though, would you do it? Would you put your secret out there for millions to see? And it begs the question, well, why would you do it? Why tell a complete stranger something that you might have been kept hidden for years? Well, this is the reason why I think they do it. It's because confession is good for the soul. That's how the saying goes, and it's true. Wrongs done, lies told, they may feel good at the time, but after a while, if our conscience is alive and well, the guilt doesn't go away, but actually grows and becomes a heavy burden to bear. And the only way to get rid of that burden is to confess. Now, I'm sure all of us at some stage have groaned under the burden of guilt before, and particularly before God. Perhaps you feel that burden right now. And if that's the case, then Psalm 32 is a wonderful part of God's word for you today. And indeed, actually, it's a great word for us, any of us, any day. So before we go, I want to pray now that God would help us to understand his word and obey it. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, again, we do thank you for your word. And we thank you particularly for today for Psalm 32, for 
what a great blessing it is. And so, Lord, help us to understand it and help us to be willing to obey and to act in the right way, to come into relationship with you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, in short, we can say that Psalm 32 um, is a happy psalm because that's how it begins. In the opening verses, we get this repetition, blessed is the one, blessed is the one. In other words, it's actually saying happy is the one because that's what the word blessed is meaning here. The happy person is the person whose sins are forgiven. Now, there's a lot of things in life that can make us happy. It might be watching your kids grow up, playing with others, getting good things, going on holidays, succeeding in life. But having your sins forgiven by God, well, that's what can make you really, really happy. And that's the case because it's the solution to our biggest problem, an eternal problem, the problem that we stand guilty and wicked before a perfect and pure God. And just in case we have a problem understanding the extent of our sin, the writer of the psalm uses three different words to describe the full picture of our failure before God. Have a look here at verses 1 and 2. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. Three words there used to describe our wickedness before God. Transgression, sin and iniquity. It's a complete but actually very bleak portrait. Transgression picks up the idea of our willful rebellion against God's law. You know the idea that God draws a line in the sand and we willfully cross it. The word sin here in the, in the first verse, is actually translating a Hebrew word that speaks of our efforts, our efforts that actually fall short of God's perfect standard. And lastly, the word iniquity, which actually speaks of our acts of compromise that actually start to lead us astray. So there you have it, a full portrait of our fallen humanity as it stands before God, defiance, failed effort, and compromise that leads us astray. Friends, that's a diagnosis of each one of us. Now, the first step on the road to happiness is actually to admit our fallen state. And that's what the writer is getting at in verse 2 when he says, Blessed is the one in whose spirit there is no deceit. Now, he's not talking here about being honest. He's actually talking about being honest with yourself and honest before God. Blessed is the one who will actually own up to their sin. You see, the church should be a place, should be a gathering of people who are always ready to admit that they're not perfect, to confess that they always have this tendency, this tendency to sin. And he's the rub, and willing to be open about that. The problem is, is that we're not honest and we're not open. We want to cover up our sin, and that's understandable. You know, we can be ashamed and scared to do that. But if confession is good for the soul, then covering up our sin is actually poison for the soul. Have a look at verses 3 and 4 with me. For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. 
For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. I'll tell you a story about a guy way back in 1975 in the US. There was a guy called John Claypool. He actually shot his neighbours dead. And incredibly, even after investigation, he actually didn't get convicted. Quite literally, he had gotten away with murder. And he walked the streets freely, harbouring an evil secret that was actually known only to him. Now, almost 20 years later, by his own choice, John Claypool confessed his crime to a local minister of the church. You see, on the outside, Claypool appeared as an innocent man. But on the inside, he said the guilt was rotting him away like cancer. Confession was the only way to relieve him of that heavy burden that he'd been carrying for all those years. Now this psalm has actually been written by King David of Israel. And he knew the feeling of guilt all too well. I'm sure you know about the story of David and Bathsheba, a terrible tale of adultery, lies and murder. Now, David had kept his appalling secret quiet for a year before he was exposed by Nathan the prophet. For a whole year, David's guilty silence was eating away at him. How does he describe it there? He talks about his bones wasting away through his groaning, a constant heavy burning, and his strength being sapped away. Friends, verses 3 and 4 are not a happy place to be. Have you got something that you're hiding? That's eating you away. It's a burden that will make your head droop, your shoulders slump. It'll eat away at your bones. Friends, we do not have the shoulders made to bear the weight of our sin before God. We must not remain silent before him. We need to be open to God, and we need to be open to each other as well. Well, as I kicked off this talk, I actually said that this was a happy psalm. And so far, all I've been speaking about is the bleak reality of our sin and the poison of keeping it locked up inside. Well, friends, against this very dark backdrop, the next section will actually shine out with glorious wonder. Have a look at verse 5. Verse 5, I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I'll confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Now a psalm is typically a song and you can imagine the tune was here going to be changing. The mood would be stirring and optimistic. But what did David do? He says that he acknowledged his sin. He owned up to it. He took off the cover, the festering sore that was underneath and he exposes it to God. And he confesses his transgression. And what happens? We read there, immediate forgiveness. It happens so quickly. You can imagine what he was thinking. Gee, why didn't I do this earlier? Now, us reading this today, and actually thinking about the terrible thing that had happened, we could say, well, that just sounds too good to be true. How could it be? How could such a terrible act be forgiven? Well, here's where we need to reflect a little bit more on this opening, the opening verse of this psalm, where it says, Blessed is the one who had their sins covered. Now, this is not talking about covering over, like simply sweeping the sin under a rug, putting it out of sight, and therefore it's out of mind. 
Now, the word cover here in the first verse of Psalm is a sacrificial word. You see, in his great mercy, God had provided a system for the forgiveness of sins. It was the whole sacrificial system of the Old Testament. But this system pointed toward an even greater sacrifice that would provide forgiveness for all time. And that was the sacrificial death of Jesus on the cross. On that good Friday, a little over 2,000 years ago in Israel, the perfectly obedient and sinless Son of God died in our place so that we could be forgiven. And that's why we can read this psalm and say with David, you forgave the guilt of my sin. Now, as David closes this psalm, he has three pieces of advice in light of this wonderful truth that he's just spoken about. The first point is picked up in verse 6. Have a look at here with me. Therefore, let everyone who is godly offer prayer to you at a time when you may be, may be found. So here's the prayer. Pray to God while you can be found. And what is the prayer of the godly? Well, in light of the first half of the psalm, it's got to be the prayer of confession. The godly person is not the one who has no sin. The godly person is the one whose conscience has not been hardened by sin. The godly person is the one who's ready to confess their sin before God. And so that's why we always have a time of confession at church each time we gather. The second piece of advice is don't be stubborn. Have a look at verse 8 with me. I'll instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I'll counsel you with my eye upon you. Do not be like a horse or a mule without understanding, which must be curved with bit and bridle, or it will not stay near you. Many are the sorrows of the wicked, but steadfast love surrounds the one who trusts the Lord. Now this is an important development from our last point, because the Christian life is not just about asking forgiveness time and time and time again, as if we're treading water going nowhere. We're also to be seeking to change our behaviour and to grow in obedience and godliness. We're urged here not to be stubborn, not to be slow to follow God's way. Do not be slow to trust God and believe that his will for you is the best thing for you. And lastly, the third piece of advice, rejoice. Verse 11, be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. Rejoice in your forgiveness. Rejoice that your heart is now upright before God. Rejoice in the mercy and grace of God. So I want to ask you that question. Do you know that happiness? Have you experienced the joy of being forgiven? Having that weight of guilt being lifted from your shoulders? Remember, friends, we don't have the shoulders to bear the guilt before God. Perhaps you feel that your sin is so bad that God could only be disgusted in you. But friends, think of David. Think of how sordid his act of sin was. And yet he confessed, and immediately he was forgiven in full. We can come before God in confidence, knowing that he can forgive your sin. Confess because God can and will forgive and release you from that burden of guilt that you feel. Now maybe you've actually already done that. 
you might be with it regularly at our gatherings and pray that prayer of confession, but you don't feel that sense of relief that David speaks of here. Well, that begs the question, have you really confessed your sin? Or actually, are you still dabbling in it? Perhaps you need to be more convinced of what Jesus has done on the cross. Remember that at the cross, all our wickedness was laid on Jesus and his perfect righteousness was then put upon us. And so on that last day, when the holy God of the universe looks at us, he will not see our sin, but the perfect life of Jesus. 100% transfer, that is God's promise to you. Do you believe it? The encouragement of this psalm is take that promise and rejoice and be happy. Amen. Thank you very much, Paul. It was very enjoyable to hear you preach on that um, chapter. That Frank Warren um, story that you started with at the yeah. start was really interesting. Did you really receive hundreds of thousands of secret postcards? Yes, yes. It's it's it, um, it's over a million now. Like so, fifteen years later, wow. over a million. He's published he's published books <laughs> about yeah. six or seven books. Yeah. Um, it's spawned a whole bunch of other websites in different languages, multiple languages throughout the world, um, as well as many other anonymous websites that you can sort of post things at. So yeah. it's certainly scratching an itch. Did he, did he have a reason for why he wanted to do that? Um, I'm not sure. It doesn't um, speak about him being a Christian or anything like that, um, whether he was keen for that. I think it was just a bit of a social experiment. Like I said, I, I think it was a half-baked idea. That was the words he uses himself. Okay, mm. that's cool. Well, it was really interesting because um, people talked a lot about, you talked a lot about confession and people writing in confessing things. Um, I know that you started with verses three and four, and I should say I'm joined here by Lisa. Back here on the desk. How are you? Sorry. Yes, good. Thanks, Joel. Verses three and four, um, Paul was talking about was why it, it is important for us to confess. Like, and there was a, a couple of examples. He said there was it was it's either if you're holding on to it, it's poison for the soul, you, and it can relieve a heavy burden. And David's guilt, who was the writer of this psalm, was a perfect example of that. What would I know that you kind of address it in your sermon, but I'd like I'd love to for you to expand on it a little bit. What would you say to the people that? think that their sin is so bad and is carrying that heavy burden and doesn't feel like they can actually confess. Yeah, or like I, s- I said, that the, um, it would have to be pretty bad to outdo David. Yeah. Um, um, it was such a terrible, terrible thing that he had done. Um, and like I say, I think in the end, it's the confidence in knowing that the sacrifice of Jesus is powerful enough to cleanse the most horrible of sin. And that's the promise that comes consistently all the way through Scripture. Um, uh, The Apostle Paul is another example who speaks of himself as being the greatest of sinners, who uh, actively went around seeking out Christians. I mean, not just this is not done out of an impulsive moment like David did, um, not going out to war and hanging around home and spying someone through a window, um, Paul was actively chasing down Christians, people who said they wanted to follow Jesus, and killing them. Um, and so he talks about his full and, and forgiveness in, in, in Christ as well. So um, it's, it's a hard thing. I don't want to say it's as simple, as simple as that. Um, it, it's a real challenging thing. Like I said, there can be a lot of shame. There can be a lot of fear. Uh, there can be a lot of situations where people have maybe 
partially confessed some of their sin and um, it's been turned into gossip at the church. And so we've, um, we've let them down at some point. And so they've been once bitten, twice shy, maybe not ready to, to confess again. So it's one of those things that um, we confidence we can come before God. Um, it would be great if our churches were also a, conf- a confidential place where we could actually gather together and stand alongside each other and say, that's okay, um, none of us are perfect. Because I know that I've been in times where I feel, feel like I can't confess something. I even uh, face like there's like a block between God and I in terms of like actually if I do do this then it does admit that I actually have done it. Um, I don't know, I'm not asking you to reveal anything, but have you experienced that throughout your walk? Lisa, I mean, you've been a Christian for a very long time. I'd love to hear your perspective. Yeah, um, it's been an interesting journey when you reflect on that, but there have definitely been times when I've thought that what my sin is so bad, like why, why would I be forgiven? Mm. Um, and I think, I think many of us as Christians for a long time kind of get into a point where we actually try and compare ourselves with others and, and we kind of go, oh, if only I was walking that journey um, and I would be better. Yeah. Um, but, but better before Christ isn't, isn't a good life. It's actually turning to him and having him as your saviour. And, and part of that is actually acknowledging that it's not about comparing your journey with somebody else's journey in his eyes. Um, and that's been a really important learning. Um, and I wouldn't say that I've come to that easily, but that's been part of my journey in terms okay. of seeking that forgiveness. Well, thanks for sharing that. That's cool. I, I wonder, um, is it perhaps, I'd be interested on both you guys' answer to this. Yeah. Is it perhaps that, some of the reasons that we don't want to confess our sin is because we are sinful yeah. and we don't actually want for that to be revealed. Would you? I'll leave that for you first, Paul, and then Lisa, you can take a turn after that. Yeah, there's a couple of things might, who might, might be going on inside people, people's heart. Certainly um, there could be that feeling that this is too bad. I, I, um, it, surely God couldn't forgive me for this sort of thing. There might be a situation where we actually think, you know what, I don't really want to confess it because I sort of enjoy it. I want to keep going. Um, whereas rather than if we confess, like a, that, that part of the psalm which talks about not being, st- not being slow to come to God, but also not being stubborn, to sort of like stay in, in the sin. And, uh, and actually we don't really want to draw a line through it and say once I've said I struggle this particular thing, um, and made that known to maybe some brothers and sisters in Christ, then we really are on that path to actually dealing with that. Um, maybe it's a I don't really want to deal with it. Um, that could be one of the issues that's going on. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Lisa? Yeah, I think that's probably true, that, that, that comfort in um, falling back into old habits makes it hard. I think also, uh, if I reflect on my journey, sometimes I like to be in control and so that handing that control back to God and confessing that sin has been part of my journey and my challenge of, of doing that. So I think sometimes people face that yeah, um, totally. challenge. I think um, it was really cool the, the three points that you brought up at the end there, Paul, was um, the one there, the, the prayer of the godly, mm. which is to ensure that our hearts aren't hardened by sin so that we are confessing regularly and ensure that we're not hardened. And then not being stubborn, so we are seeking to change after that. I thought that mm. was really cool. Mm. 
can you speak a little bit more about the third step though but rejoice i think i think that's a really good point we could finish on is rejoicing Mm. yeah well it, it is quite wonderful like when you do really throw yourself onto god and trust him and actually be upheld and actually um that can be directly with god but actually he also uses his people to do that as well and so that's actually almost like the double blessing or the even that turns it up even more um, tangibly is that when you actually do confess even to a brother or sister in Christ and they actually help you and and sit alongside you that's that's an incredible blessing and, and something to be to rejoice in um, when it when it does work out um, but knowing that God is good um, and willing to 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 forgive you that's something worth being re- to rejoice in. Absolutely. Yep, totally agree. Well, thank you very much for your message. Pleasure. Um, guys, we'll be right back and where Nikki is going to do the prayers for us. Well, I'm now joined by Nikki, who is actually on the phone for us and she's going to do the prayers. Nikki, how are you? Hello, first time caller, long time listener slash viewer. <laughs> Is that just on uh, online or also at the physical gatherings? Uh, be a, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm always speaking, you know, but, uh, both. <laughs> yeah, both. Speaking of physical gatherings, your uh, usual one is uh, Yarrawarra, where you usually go? Yeah, correct. Excellent. And how's it going there since you've moved up to the community hall? going really well actually i'm um resident barista and um mm. it's been a really good way of um reaching out to the community and um explaining that we're in fact not a coffee shop uh but a church and uh and, and why we serve coffee and yeah it's been it's been a really great um experience to, to have that outreach into the community really enjoyed it Yes, and it, of course, um, you sent me a message recently saying how you would, how disappointed you were that week away was cancelled. Is that is that still on the on the mind that we're not hanging out? Uh, yeah, it is. I think um, you know all the all the memories kind of popping up too on everyone's Facebook page. Yeah, um, I think yeah, like I think whilst there's a disappointment that we can't meet together in person, there's a real um, encouragement seeing everybody kind of pivot and turn around so that we can still have that sense of community online. Um, and for me, like, it was one of the hardest things we had to tell the, the kids was, like, we're not going away. Yeah. Um, and I think the, um, the opportunities that they've had to, to do things online and um, has been a really good way of kind of distracting them from that disappointment. So, yeah, it's disappointing, but, look, you know, um, my saying is, yes, that's bad, but COVID is worse. So that's kind of my attitude at the moment. Yeah, that's true. Well, um, one way to do that is to also um, thank God for all the good things that we do have. So I think you are going to lead us in prayer. So I would love to uh, turn it over to you and let you do that for us. No problem. Thanks. Okay, guys, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that in these... Um, isolating and disconnected times that we can uh, meet together and and gather together uh, virtually um, as your family and under your word. Uh, We just pray for those 
uh, who are unknown to us or unknown that um, are really struggling um, with the impacts uh, of COVID, whether that be um, physically uh, or mentally and emotionally. We think of those, um, not just in our church community, but in the wider community who are um, isolated and alone. We ask, Lord, that they would um, know your love and presence and, uh, and that you would help us um, as individuals and as a, as, as our community uh, to, to reach out to, uh, to those uh, who are struggling at this time. Um, Lord, we, we think um, of uh, NAIDOC week and we thank you for the opportunities um, that we've had to, to learn more about our um, Indigenous brothers and sisters. And uh, we, we think um, particularly of our uh, linkage with Bree and, um, and the, the wonderful church out there. We just pray, um, yeah, for the uh, continued um, support and ministry of Isaac um, and his family and the Fergusons and um, Michael Duckett. Um, and we just thank you for their um, outreach to the Indigenous community. And we just pray... And that you would continue to to bless that ministry. Oh, Lord, we just um, yeah also pray as we um, go into this unknown time. Um, we thank you that you are a God um, who is the same uh, yesterday, today, tomorrow, pre-COVID, post-COVID, throughout time. And Lord, we just pray in these times of yeah uncertainty and things shifting and moving and a sense of lack of control that we know that you are in control um, and that you love us and care for us. And we just pray uh, in times of loneliness and anxiety and um, and darkness that we would that we would think of the hope that we have in you uh, and we just give thanks. Um, for that certainty and hope. And finally, Lord, we just we pray for Jesus. We, he changes everything. We give you thanks for his uh, wisdom and teaching. Um, we thank you that we can read it freely in our Bibles in our own language without fear of persecution. Uh, we pray um, thank you for his uh, death, for the forgiveness of our sins and for his resurrection, Lord. Um, through which we can be in relationship with you uh, and meet together and bring these things to you this morning. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much, Nikki. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> I hope you're going well. And uh, hopefully we thank you also for your service at Yarrawarra and uh, for also looking out for the community and for your barista skills. Oh, yes. They are mad barista skills. No if wonder. anyone wants to. No wonder people get confused say, that they think that you are a <laughs> cafe because you're on on the uh, what are they yeah. on the on the barista drums? I don't know. What on the barista, <laughs> on the I don't know. Yeah, I'm on the barista drums. I do that as I say on the grind, but that doesn't. On, oh, on the grind. That that's better than what I said. So thank you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, my pleasure. I know it's fun. No worries. All right, guys. We're gonna we've just prayed to God, but now we're also gonna sing to God. So we're gonna delve into the archives and pull up one of those. I love 
to the cross I claim Of the suffering I do drink Of this work I do sing Wrong in my Savior Bruised and crushed Showing God his love And God is just Um, thank you very much for joining us on this Sunday gathering. It's been very pleasant. Thank you very much, Lindell, for joining us, and Lisa. Thank you very much. It's been lovely to have you. Mm. Um, anything you guys would like to say before we sign off and say thank you for everyone watching? Uh, as we face another week of um, staying at home, <laughs> you know, maybe it's a good uh, 
opportunity to just call someone you haven't called before or reach out to someone who might be uh, feeling a bit isolated. Uh, and, yeah, I would just want to encourage everyone to stay connected. Mm. Yeah. Anything from you, Lisa? I, I think my message would be the same thing. Um, if anybody needs a single person to go for a walk with, I... I could be that person for you, um, so please feel free. Last Friday I had three walking dates. I went Ooh. on a walk with Trudy, uh, then I went on a walk with Mon at lunchtime and then I went on a walk with Amy uh, in the afternoon. Wow. So uh, I was it feeling very fit. Very I got my fit. steps up on Friday. Um, and so, yeah, love to touch base and connect with people if you'd like that and also happy to um, have a phone call and pray as well. So, awesome. yeah. Or if anyone wants a round of golf, they can uh, they talk can, to Hayden. They can touch base with Hayden. Fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Thanks again, guys. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for joining us online. Uh, you can always catch it on the podcast as well, but we'll finish up with a one way. Thank you guys for watching. Now, if you want to keep watching, we've got a couple of other podcasts you can listen to. Check out the Shock Absorber podcast right here on YouTube or on Facebook or anywhere else you want to listen to it, also on your podcast app. Uh, that's about how we do church and uh, why we do church the way we do. And then also check out Chip Lunch podcast, which has just launched, and that's how about how we live out as Christians in the culture today. Thanks again. One way.